What's up, Internet? You're tuning in episode 116 of the Flip Screen Games Podcast, a weekly video game podcast where two best buds from different nations come together to discuss the wide, wide world of video games. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, Steve. It is a big week on the show because, of course, the Game Awards nominees have been revealed, and I think there are probably a lot of gamers out there who are maybe a little upset that their favorite game was not nominated for Game of the Year this year. What do you think? Was your favorite game nominated? Are we, are we going to find out? Have you I decided mean, that yet? I can't. I can't just be out here telling you what my game of the year is oh, already. Okay. Steve. Okay. You can't. What do you, what do you mean? You know. You I tried. I tried. You're the one who lobbied for game of the year to happen in January on this website. I can't be talking about hey, it in November. It, you know, it still makes sense to me because there's still games yet to yet to come out. You know, I need the time to catch up. Frankly, you know, some of these nominees or some of my you know potential contenders, right? For the, you know. They're contenders for the top ten. They're contenders. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't, I haven't finished them all yet. So, we, you know, we gotta some of these we gotta take our time with. You know, some of the ones in in the goatee category at the Game Awards. Who's to say? Who's to say, Steve? Yeah, maybe I haven't touched them all yet. But I, I you know, so I figured we take some time to talk about that today. You know, I figure we'll go through the nominees. We'll talk about who was nominated, who was not nominated, and then I figure as we go. Maybe you and I play some bets. Maybe we see who we think is going to win each category. And maybe you and I get a little good old-fashioned pizza bet going here, you know? Yes. And I need to win this one because I looked at the predictions and I'm probably not going to win that one. So I need, and I, and I lost Jeopardy. So I need to win this one to, <laughs> to like save my honor for the year. I love that. Otherwise, like, 2023 was a wash. I love that, like, for you, this is like your last chance to save it. It is. And for me, it's like, I'm just like, it's that uh, image that Asobi shared in the Discord of that guy just covered in, in gold medals. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I'll take another one. You know, what's another category I can clean up? Like the year that the Americans. Oh, because the Russians didn't show up and we just won every single event, you know? That's that's how it feels for this year. <laughs> hey, I showed up. I just didn't know anything. That's the problem, <laughs> you know? Well, my predictions were, like, so niche and, like, honed in on specific things. If I'd have made them more generic next year, I'm just going to be like, Nintendo's going to release a game. And that's going to be, like, my prediction. And I'm gonna that's win the everything. thing. You, you only go, like, in the two extremes. You're like, Nintendo will release a video game. Or it's like, on the third moon in the sixth month of the year, Bungie <laughs> will revive... <laughs> <laughs> this this series that literally no one had ever heard of until you mentioned it on this podcast and then they just bring it back and it's like i don't know dude i feel like that middle range is where you need to try to operate between the absolute guarantees and the most insane thing you could have called i think i think we are we need to make yours more insane next year like no, i think that's what needs I, to be it, it needs I'm to be trying, more ridiculous i'm trying to make actual predictions out here man you know you got to try to get these points <laughs> you can't just be swinging for the fences <laughs> we're gonna get to the end of the years be like all right what were our predictions and we're all oh for 10 you know it's, you gotta work with me a little bit here this one yeah, I like, yeah. You know, well we'll see choice. we'll see what 2024 brings I like your odds here, though. Multiple choice. I, I think. See, I think if this was this was if I hadn't have pushed to get rid of the half points, the the like partial points, it wouldn't have been such a wash for me. 
because I'd have had a few half points on that. And we'll, but, you know, we're not going over the, uh, the current predictions in this episode. We're going to make some other ones. We're going to make some new ones and, today. I'm just saying, and, you know, you wanted to get rid of the partial points because you're like, oh, it'll make it. You know, it's like, I'm just saying you could have had points on the board. You could have had points. I know. It's more know. fun. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, know. come on, guys. You know what? fine we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks today we're going to make some new predictions we're going to make some new memories steve so let's let's jump into it and we're going to go through we're not going to do every single category because there are a couple categories like let's be real we don't know anything about esports we don't need to talk about the esports categories we're not going to talk about content creator of the year we're going to focus on the major games categories so that's how many we got steve on our list 25 there's 25 categories we're doing all the main game categories along with like a couple of others like best adaptation accessibility things like that but for the most part it's like best best direction best indie best mobile so we're gonna go through them in kind of reverse order we're gonna start with game of the year because i want to start the conversation there right because i think the games that were nominated this year are i mean i think mostly uh, or all right to be fair great games um but i think that there are definitely a few surprises for me in terms of games that made the list games that didn't make the list and i think i'd like to start there before we get into our predictions so let's you know let's 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 take a look right because the list as it stands right now we've got alan wake 2 baldur's gate 3 marvel's spider-man 2 resident evil 4 super mario bros wonder and legend of zelda tears of the kingdom yeah quite a list right uh but I mean, some notable emissions on this list, Steve. Yeah, there are some notable emissions. I mean, I guess chiefly Starfields, nowhere to be found. Diablo 4, nowhere to be found. Um, Final Fantasy 16, Jedi Survivor. A couple games that I I think in other years probably would have been on this list. Possibly. I mean, they don't even make like the top 25 on Metacritic. I'm looking at the top 25 games in the year on Metacritic. And I'm surprised that, you know, the, the comparing the list and i know metacritic's not perfect right but the the least highly ranked game on on the game awards uh game of the year list surprised me which which do you think it is which do you think is the worst ranked on metacritic like which game has the lowest score of these yeah. nominees yeah spider-man yeah yeah spider-man nine, with a ninth score with, of a, 90. with a 90 right which yeah is so wild. spider-man's got 90 I bet you if we um, go back to almost every other year in the last like ten years that there are several games below ninety that got nominated for Game of the Year. There definitely are. Yeah, I had to look back because I was surprised that Resident Evil Four made it on the list because we had a discussion. Me too. There, it was a few weeks ago. It was just like, well, with a banger year like this, how can you really justify putting a remake on here? Like, why is Resident Evil Four on here but Metroid Prime's not? They're both remakes of the same game. I guess you could argue that Metroid Prime is maybe more of a remaster than a remake, but I think it is in a new engine. They've obviously not done as much as they did with the Resident Evil 4 remake. But I went back and I had a look because I was curious, did Resident Evil 2 remake ever make it onto the list? And it did in 2019. And that year, Disco Elysium got snubbed for Game of the Year, even though it picked up the most awards that year. Um, It got four awards. It It won the most awards out of any game. And I think it probably would have picked up Game of the Year that year. Uh, and beat out Sekiro if um, if it had made it into that that game of the year list. Personally, uh, so I was I was surprised by Resident Evil Four, uh, and I'm surprised by Alan Wake because it's been on my radar, but really only in the last couple of weeks it's been like, wow, okay, this game is mega hot, and I probably should be checking this one out. 
Yeah, it definitely makes me feel like it's it's one I should try to get to by the end of the year to see it on this list. And and I know it um <clears throat> I believe it won the Critics' Choice Award at the Golden Joysticks as well, which is, you know, shows that there's there's a lot of um a lot of positivity around it. And like obviously Remedy is a, a popular studio. You know, they have a, a a good track record and a legacy for putting out games that compete for game of the year, but I am kind of surprised to see it on this list. You know, and with what a stacked year it was. And, you know, I, I have heard from some people that um, the end doesn't necessarily live up to the rest of the experience. But I guess your mileage may vary on something like that. But, I mean, I'm really surprised how that, that Starfield was as polarizing as it was to not be on this list. You know, like, I know you and I were kind of outliers on the higher end in terms of our enjoyment of it. But. To see it only get nominated, you know, spoiler alert, to only get nominated in one category is kind of surprising, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one for me, you know, and there, there are some other games that, that have been big this year that haven't made it, that are in other categories, Pikmin 4, for example. Um, Pikmin's Hi-Fi at least Rush. in like two or three though, right? Because it's in Family and it's also in Best Strategy and Sim, I think. So it's like, it's got a couple at least at bat i guess where else do you put starfield what else does it really excel in in a specific yeah. category i think on the whole it's a great game and it's it, it deserves to be up for best rpg but does it is it the best game direction is it the best art direction is it the best score i'd argue that it's not it's not it doesn't yeah, deserve I to think be in any right. of those categories uh, yeah i guess i guess the 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 Big bummer for me here is I wish RE4 was not on this list. I would much rather see Starfield or Final Fantasy or one of these other original Street games. Street Fighter 6. Like, it got a 92. And Street Fighter, is it because it's a fighting game that doesn't get considered for yeah, game of I, the year? I think that's part of it, right? Is I, I think that we've talked about how, like, I think fighting games deal with this. I think um racing games deal with this i think sports games deal with this where it's almost like it doesn't matter how good you are because there are there's this kind of you know i i don't even know what to attribute it to right but it's like i think it's like well that's for fans of that genre and if you're not a fighting game person it doesn't matter how good a fighting game is you're not going to go pick it up right whereas like i think there's this attitude that there are you know, standout games in almost every other genre that are like, this is so good that even if you don't mess with this genre, you'll get something out of Alan Wake 2 or Baldur's Gate 3 or whatever, right? Like, I, I, I do think that those kinds of games just inherently have a disadvantage when it comes to, you know, um, I mean, let, let's call it what it is, right? The Game Awards is a popularity contest and niche genres are going to struggle in a popularity contest. Whereas there is that ability for even something like an indie game that maybe, you know, generally has a, a smaller audience can hit on a certain level, right? And and break into the mainstream, right? And you have games like, you know, something like Journey or like It Takes Two, you know, two years ago or whatever that, you know, um, is able to kind of be that breakout hit in the same way that like an indie darling is in film. Right. And you got to think a lot of times the game that wins game of the year, right, <clears throat> is not always the most popular game. It's the like least hated game. You know, it's, it's the game that like the most people voting have 
you know, generally positive feelings about. It's why, you know, I was joking about it with Max last week, I think offline, where I was like, I think there's a really good chance that like, um, you know, something like Super Mario Brothers Wonder could easily be our game of the year this year, just because it's the game that the most people voting will have played and have a positive opinion about. Even if it's nobody's number one game, if every if it's on everybody's list, it's gonna rise to the top, right? And I think that's why, you know, you see stuff like Marvel Spider-Man and Baldur's Gate and Alan Wake and Mario and right? It's like, it's either the games that, cast the widest net and, and captured the most people's imagination and then had that staying power throughout the year or the recent games that are on everybody's mind and that everybody is, is, you know, still uh, in, right. And like, is still, you know, um, experiencing that kind of wow factor of that shiny new toy. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I, I do wonder about that with, with Alan Wake. And maybe after it settles for a few more weeks, do people still feel the same about it? I'm sure they probably do, because Control was phenomenal. And I'm sure Alan Wake 2 is also phenomenal. I also, as much as it is a popularity contest, I do wonder how much the public vote actually sways things, because they only attribute 10% of the vote cast to the public vote. 90% is the voting jury. Yeah, I don't even... I don't even consider like the the audience vote as a as a major factor. I'm more talking about like the the journalists that vote on it, right? Where it's like <clears throat> there are I, like I think as just a, a base example, right? Probably every person that is voting for the game awards has touched Zelda, right? Has has played it to some degree, right? Mario, Spider Man, even right? Mm-hmm. These are all games that they've or Baldur's Gate probably too, right? Because it had that huge moment. These are games that everybody has touched. Whereas, like, there are folks that are on this voting body that do not play fighting games, right? And do not have. But I, I would imagine that the outlets, right? Do they? Do you know how it works? Do the outlets vote as a a single entity? So the jury, uh, like the voting jury, is made up of a bunch of different outlets. Like if you go to uh, the Game Awards, yeah, they, the, they the, have a like, list say, of like who's on there, and it's like yeah. So they've got like Game Informer, Mim Max, Digital Trends, Gamespot, Giant Bomb. But do they vote as one? So no. like, is each each okay. outlet has multiple representatives, and they all get to cast their own votes. Okay, interesting. Because I would have thought that like Polygon has voted Tears of the Kingdom as their game of the year, so they put that in as game of the year. Yeah, on, no. So it would Awards. it would be like if you and like say that Flipscreen was invited to vote, right? And we and we were like, okay, everybody that works at Flipscreen is going to vote. That would mean I would get a vote, you would get a vote, Max would get a vote, right? And that all gets cast. So like, you know, if you are like for us, right, like. You know, we're not racing game people, so we might not vote in that category. And that's okay. You're allowed to skip categories and not cast a ballot as well. So that's the other thing you got to think about is, like, there are types of games like that that I just think a a really big portion of the audience that's voting has probably not Makes the fighting games really, really disadvantaged because I'm not playing Street Fighter. I'm just terrible at that kind of game. Exactly, right? And it doesn't matter that it's a 92 for the folks that are going to play it uh, to you. Right. And it's like, that's cool. Right. But it's like, that means that's why it gets relegated to best fighting game category and not mm-hmm. game of the year. Right. Even, even if it is one of the best games of the year, right. Critically, you know, in terms of where it ranked or whatever, 
you know, yeah, it's two points higher than Spider-Man, but I mean, there are magnitudes of millions more people that played Spider-Man than Street Fighter, you know? I wonder that's, if that's true because I, of the number of platforms that Street Fighter's on versus Spider-Man. Uh, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to speak out of turn because it's also like, I think if you looked at it right now, I bet you Street Fighter is ahead because Spider-Man's newer, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. You know, fighting games sell really well, but I'm I don't know. Look on SteamDB to see where the sales figures are at. Yeah, give me a benchmark if you got one. Uh, so I mean, there's six. There's only six thousand people playing it right now, but it had a high of twenty-two thousand concurrence. I don't know how you see how many bought the game. I'm sure, that used to be here, right? Well. I don't know, but let's 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 keep the conversation rolling. I don't want to get dead air here. Um, but if you can figure that out, we'll see. But uh, okay, so owner estimations are between half a half a million and two million on spice uh, by various different records. That's just okay. on PC. Hmm. I don't. Know, I'm sure Spider Man was like two million in a weekend, right? Yeah, I mean it broke a record right away, right? Yeah. So it's like it's <clears throat> I don't know, but I I, I think within the voting block right like i i definitely think that there's a higher degree of gamers that are going to play and review a you know triple a third person action adventure game right versus a fighting game just because think about how many people there are that are games pundits at these outlets that we were just rattling off that are not fighting game people you know mm. a lot of outlets have like one person that's a fighting game person if that, yeah. you know, I know they were a lot of the people that were first to be laid off when when it's like journalism rolls around. Let's get rid of the esports teams. There's go. a reason that Sifu was nominated for best fighting game last year, right? Like, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. that's not me passing a value judgment on fighting games or the people that play them or anything like that. It's just like, well, you play them, right? You play Mortal Kombat one this played year. Mortal Kombat. I loved it this year, right? Like that was a great game. So yeah, it's 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 just a matter of what speaks to the the bigger chunks of audiences when you're doing a popular vote, you know, a popular vote is going to make it a popularity contest. Yeah. How are I, you feeling about the game of the awards in general? Are you, are you buzzing for them this year? I, I, I just, I kind of, I just was surprised that this was out today. It, yeah. it kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, Oh, okay. It's like, I feel like it snuck up on me too. And I think it's just because like this year has been like such a whirlwind, you know, and like you and I both have been busy and like struggling to um, like get through all the games we want to play, let alone getting to like the end of the year, like feeling like we're already at the game of the year conversation. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like where I haven't even finished the games I want to play yet, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I finished a lot of them, right? I've already finished like double digit games this year, but like, in a year where this many games come out, right? Like, it's like, it's tough. You know, there are a couple really big releases that I was desperate to get around to and I just have not had the time. So, like, I'm guessing you've, you've only finished, I'm, I'm guessing you only finished one of the game of the year on this Nominees? list. Yeah. Maybe mm, two. Two. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm going to finish a one. third suit, I think. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to pick up Alan Wake. Um, I'm struggling to get back into to Baldur's Gate because it's just it slipped away from me, and like I forgot what I'd configured all the buttons to do, and like yeah. what I'm casting. And I'm like, like low key thing. thinking about rerolling and like starting over, just because like yeah, I, I have been didn't as get well. that far in, you know, and I think I I could 
catch back up to where I was pretty quickly if I wanted to, but we'll see. I definitely am going to get back to that one and put more time into it because it's like such a dream game for me, you know, but like I just kind of got pulled away from it um yeah. there's so many other releases and like i was excited about starfield you know it was hitting at that moment it was what i was in the mood for um and i think now that i'm a little bit you know now i've got some more uh time away from it i've been having that pull to like want to do something that's a little bit deeper and nerdier like Baldur's gate you know because i've just wrapped up a couple of games that were a little bit easier mm-hmm. um so yeah i i think i will get through most of the games on this list i would like to try to play alan wake too but like obviously time's a factor i'm not a big horror guy so it's not what i'm going to necessarily prioritize but um it feels like a game i should try you know yeah i i I don't know that's a that's a tough one right if you've got limited time do you want to spend it on games that you know you're going to enjoy and you really want to get back to and finish or do you try something that's not even a genre that you would like and you kind of just go, yeah. oh, I'm going to give it a go because it's rated so highly. I'm not going to bother with RE4, though. Like, I can play that whenever. You know, it's like, I don't, like, I, I've had... Yeah, just crack the Wii out, you that know? Game, Yeah. <laughs> I'll play it at some point, maybe, or I won't. I don't know. Resident Evil, I just no. think, is not for me. I've tried it so many times. I know this one's oh. different. Whatever. Mm. It's just like, I, I want to play the games that came out this year. Right? That's my goal. So... If I have time, I'll get to it next year, you know. Wow, what a slight on Resident Evil 4, games that came out this year. It's nominated for Game of the Year, Pete. Yeah, I don't know. What do you, you, you know, play, play new games, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2023, everybody. Play some new games, okay? Yeah, and with that, I'm going to go play Stardew Valley for the thousandth time. Monster. <laughs> are, you, are you ready to cast some votes? I am ready, yeah. All right, let's yeah. do it. Let's start with game of the year, like I said, right? We're gonna we're gonna start with the main event, and I, I figure we'll just go through them in the order that they are on the Game Awards website, and that'll be that'll be that, right? Um, so we're we're predicting who we think's gonna win, not what not who we want to win. Not our personal picks. Yeah, if you want to share what your personal pick is, feel free. But we're gonna vote on what we think will win the popular vote. Yeah, I, I'm still not decided on game of the year. What my personal pick? is i don't think it's on this list personally so i would probably out of this bunch predict tears of the kingdom i am kind of between tears of the kingdom or Baldur's gate i feel like tears of the kingdom does like has the disadvantage of it being an older game right it's like further back in our memory and there's all this new stuff that you have to compare it against but like I don't know. I think for my money, I still think it's the best game that came out this year. You know, um, it was also voted like most anticipated seven years on the road. Yeah, so it's like. Mm. But then like Baldur's Gate has had so it was such a Cinderella story. Like it came out of nowhere and it like has totally lit the world on fire. And I could see people wanting to uh, reward that and and give flowers to the new guy and not the legacy one it being an indie as well but i also think that zelda has the broader appeal factor because Baldur's gate 3 is a more you know it's it's a it's a game for a specific type of gamer and like i think even if you like it and appreciate it it might not be the game that yeah you... but look back at how well um disco did in 2019 yeah. won most yeah. awards you know it's a very similar game in terms of that's the thing i could see it winning the most it. awards though and not winning game of the year still 
Yeah, it's a tough one. There's a few I don't think will win. I don't think Mario's going to win. I don't think Resident Evil 4 is going to win. And I don't think Spider-Man's going to win. Alan Wake, Baldur's Gate, or Tears of the Kingdom, I think I is think a Alan Wake's between. I, I think it's I, don't, I didn't until it had already picked up some awards. And it was Did just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to say Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. Tears of the Kingdom. I think that makes the most sense, personally. All right, next up, we got Best Game Direction. Our nominees are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Mm, am Am I going first for this? Yeah, sure. I think it's Mario Wonder by a mile for me in terms of creativity, innovation, things they did with that game. I'm giving this one to Baldur's Gate. I think Baldur's Gate okay. will get the nod here because of the depth of its systems and, you know, how much everybody was, was like, really patting them on the back for um, the the scope of the game, right? And, and like, how much uh, care was put into it. I, I could see them getting the flowers for this one. Mm-hmm. Especially if they don't get Game of the Year. Best Game Direction is often, like, a really good consolation prize, you know? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> All right, uh, next up is Best Narrative. It's for Outstanding Storytelling and Narrative Development in Game. Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16, and Marvel Spider-Man 2. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, I I could see uh, a case for Final Fantasy 16 because I think its narrative was like kind of the thing it hung its hat on. Um, and that obviously struck a chord with people, but... Yeah, I think I think it's Baldur's Gate. It's it is the game. The game is the story and how you yeah. tell it and how you uncover it and what you do. Like that is the whole game. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Next up, we got best art direction. This one uh, has Alan Wake Two, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Man, this is a this is a tough that tough old one. category for me. Like Alan Wake Two is visually stunning in its its hyper realism, but also the way it brings in like surreal and abstract imagery. Hi Fi Rush is just a gorgeous comic book that I'm moving through. Super Mario Brothers Wonder is just like a trip, and, and yeah, and Tears of the Kingdom is uh, I, I think for me that's probably the one I discount because it's Breath of the Wild again. I think for me, I'm. I think I'm, I'm leaning go towards with Mario Wonder. Too. You're going with Alan Wake too. Okay, yeah, I'm going with Ma- I'm going with uh, Mario Wonder. I I like Mario as a choice better, but I feel like I feel like if again, right? Like I always try to think like, okay, if if there are people who were like big Alan Wake supporters and they don't want to give it Game of the Year because they want to give it to Tears of the Kingdom, what are the other ones that they would be like, oh, this, that, like, and I <laughs> yeah. heard the conversation around the animation and the, the, the you know, the, um, uh, the art direction and everything with Alan Wake, so I, I could see that being its consolation prize. We'll see. Next up, we got Best Score in Music. Uh, we've got Alan Wake 2 with composer Petri Alanko, Baldur's Gate 3 with composer Borislav Slavov, uh, Final Fantasy 16 with composer Masayoshi Soken, Hi-Fi Rush audio director Shizuchi Kabori, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom composed by Nintendo Sound Team. Wow, okay. So they're back here with the all the credits again, like with <laughs> the Mario movie. I'm going to guess Final Fantasy 16 for this one. I think Final Fantasy, like, obviously has 
a lot of um the the music is something that is regularly remembered and celebrated for it and i could see this being being its consolation prize if people aren't going to give it any its flowers anywhere else i don't see it winning any other categories and i could see best rpg maybe no it's not going to is it let's get probably not right Uh, (laughs) Uh, i haven't like the music in Death of the kingdom was so unmemorable in the same way that it was in breath of the wild for me and i feel the same way about Baldur's Gate, I wasn't really honed into the music, but maybe that's because I'm playing on the Steam Deck and it doesn't have the same effect. Hi-Fi Rush for me, though, is a rhythm game. I was like in totally. with the music, I was in with the beat, so I think I'm going to give it to Hi-Fi Rush. I think that's a good guess. I think if it's not Final Fantasy, that would have been my guess. All right. Uh, best audio design, we have Alan Wake 2, Dead Space, Hi-Fi Rush, Marvel Spider-Man 2, and Resident Evil 4. This one I'm going to say Hi-Fi Rush. Another remake. Uh, yeah, I'm going for Hi-Fi Rush again. Um, really, really great sound design. I mean, I, I'm surprised this is usually where Forza cleans up on some audio design on how great the cars sound. No Forza, no Gran Turismo here. So interesting to see. Next up, we got Best Performance. Uh, this is for like the best leading person, right? Uh, usually leading person. We've got uh, Ben Starr from Final Fantasy 16, Camera Monaghan, uh, for, I think that's how you say it, right? Monaghan from Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Idris Elba from Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Melanie Liburd from Alan Wake 2, Neil Newborn from Baldur's Gate 3, and Yuri Lowenthal from Marvel Spider-Man 2. Okay, you've played more of these games than me, you decide. I am torn because I feel like I could see Idris Elba winning it just because it's like, we like Idris Elba. Let's give him a game award. You know, like he has, he's one of those types of celebrities that people are just like, I just like him. So I would like to vote. I love him. He's great. Um, I've just watched Rewatch the Wire because of him. Neil Newbon, like Baldur's Gate 3 got so much attention for how good the voice acting was. I could see that being the move. Okay. Who does he play? I think he's, um, is he my favorite guy? Give me his name. No, Astarion. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's Astarion. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, he's like kind of one. Oh, of... no, he is my favorite one. Yeah, I love him. He's so funny. He's like one game. of the breakout characters, yeah, right? He's so great. it's like, I could easily see it being him because that is the character that, you know, like or that game had so much attention on the voice acting. I. I would love to see it go to Yuri Lowenthal because I think what he did with Spider-Man was so good, like having to play the different, you know, kind of versions of Peter. Um, I would love to see him get his flowers for that. I just don't know if that's going to happen. So I'm going to guess Neil Newborn and Baldur's Gate 3 take it this year. That's okay. fine. Neil Newborn, BG3. I'm going to guess Idris just for something different. Okay. All right, next category is innovation and accessibility. We've got Diablo 4, Forza Motorsport, Hi-Fi Rush, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Mortal Kombat 1, and Street Fighter 6. I genuinely, unfortunately, don't know of any of the new accessibility features that were brought into these games. I know I don't Hi-Fi feel Rush like I remember had... any of them getting a ton of press, which is usually like how I gauge what I think mm. it's going to win is like what is the thing people are thinking about? So I, I do remember Forza, actually. They they added sign language support to Forza Motorsport. That was the in this one, time. huh? 
Um, so you could like see people signing to you in either British or American sign language for the first time. Hi-Fi Rush, they make contingencies if you can't hear with the rhythm, you can still do it in the beat. The whole level is going in time with the beat. So that's that was, cool. The game itself like kind of shows you without you having anything on screen, which is cool. Um, Spider-Man, I think, is interesting because I think there is a case to be made there because there's an extremely prominent deaf character who's like the first character I've ever seen in a video game speak in ASL. Um, and it's like a major part of the game. But I don't that's not exactly an accessibility feature. And I don't know that the feature set is anything that much more impressive than what's been done in the other PlayStation first party stuff that's come out recently, right? Like that's kind of been no real innovation there, which is what yeah, the so it's like arguably i think that there's a lot of innovation in terms of like what's presented with Haley as a character but i don't know does that it, so it's recognizing software and or hardware that's pushing the medium forward by adding features technology or content to help games right. be played so i would, don't think that really does help the game to me it played. sounds like forts is the one i think the in-game sign language as, a, as an option seems like the biggest thing yeah, that's I think where I'm I'm landing as well. Like being able to just have someone sign to you is it's a huge, a huge innovation. I don't think any other game's done that ever, right? So mm -hmm. that's something. Uh okay, games for impact, which is a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. So we've got a space for the unbound, chance of Sinar, Goodbye Volcano High, Chia, Terra Nil, and Venba. You played any of this? I haven't played any of them yet. A couple of them were on my radar. Um, my guess is Venba because of okay. all these games, it is the one that I feel like it had a pretty strong like marketing push prior to release. And then when it actually came out, I feel like it reviewed pretty well and I heard people talk about it. Whereas these other games, even the ones I was paying attention to, I feel like they kind of came and went. I got to be honest with you. I didn't even know that Goodbye Volcano High had come out. So, Chaya, the same for me. I know it came out on PlayStation. It's still not out on other yeah. other platforms, but I don't think. I think I think it was seen as okay. But yeah, I had right? a good time so, when I played Terra Nil. I really enjoyed Terra Nil, but I don't know that it was. I don't know. It's tough. It depends, I guess, what the message you're getting across is as well. I liked the message of Terra Nil that we shouldn't just escape this planet and go somewhere else like certain people want us to do. We should try and make the planet good again. Then, but also gonna... like a very personal story, which I think helps, right? Like it's like it, it's it's got such a specific identity, right? Of like it's a it's a story about like an immigrant family and like relating through food and and like. Um, and, and like, uh, how, how meals bring people together. Right. And it's like, I think that's pretty universal. So I, that's kind of where I'm Yeah. I, I struggle with this. I'm going to go with a space for the unbound. Um, just because wasn't that the one that had some of the coffee talk team on it. So I'm going to go with that one. Cool. I'm into that. Okay. So that's games for impact. Next up, we've got best ongoing game. So this is just the best game that's still going. We got Apex Legends. We got Cyberpunk 2077. We got Final Fantasy 14. We got Fortnite. We got Genshin Impact. I'm going to get Cyberpunk 2077 because obviously this is kind of the year that they turned the ship around. Uh, Phantom Liberty 
came out and was successful. It got nominated for best narrative, right? Like, um, I think that that yeah, has, game... has a DLC ever been nominated for like a new game as best. I'm narrative? not, not to my knowledge, but I'm not, I'm not certain on that. I can't think of one, but that that definitely doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. Maybe like, um, maybe Bowser's Fury was there as like a probably. A I new would, game. I bet you that was in best family game, right? Mm. So yeah, with that, it's like I feel like this is its year for for everybody to be like, okay, it's good now. Like we, you uh, can... that, I've seen multiple people, including Jason Schreier, post that Cyberpunk is good now. Right. You know, it's like it's like it was in early access for a while. Now it's actually finally playable. Yeah. So I think with that in mind, I I think this is the year that everybody's gonna want to be like, okay, you're like you guys are cool again. Welcome back to the community. Mm-hmm. Best community support. Um. <laughs> We're going to skip that one because it, sh- it should go to the destiny two team who got laid off. They the all got laid off. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, we got best independent game. Uh, we've got cocoon, Dave, the diver dredge sea of stars and viewfinder. I have no idea which one of these is going to win. I feel like cocoon That's a toss up between two for me. I think cocoon, I think has the benefit of being recent and it's like a recent hit. So like, and it's also in the top ten games of the year on Metacritic. It's well, very well received. Yeah, that's probably the one, right? That's where I'm landing. But I also think Sea of Stars really was like incredibly well received. I just it think was. a lot of people skipped on it because it was another turn-based RPG in a year full of turn-based RPGs. Dredge, I know Max absolutely loved. Dave the Diver Dave- was, ob- was beloved as well. Yeah, beloved, and caused a, an argument in our Discord as to whether it's even an indie game because the of who created because it's the not game. technically an indie game, <laughs> right? It's published by a major publisher. Who's the publisher behind it again? Nexon is right. the owner of Minraka. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like not an indie game. Um, but, but it's Dredge because it's published by Team Seventeen Annapurna. They're a huge company. Like, Here's, the thing, that Here's the thing. It, it gets murky, right? Because. Devolvers publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Here's the question, right? The the definition of this category is outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system. How do you define that? And it's gotten increasingly hard to describe. You know, it's like, I think we've hit a full circle moment where indie in uh, gaming is similar to like indie in music, where like you're describing a vibe more than uh, the fact that you're independent, right? Where it's like, you, when you think indie game, you think a game made by a smaller team on a tighter budget, and that is, you know, probably not a traditional AAA type experience, right? Like that's what you think of when you think of indie. But like, but some of these, like you could even consider AA, right? Dave the Diver could be a AA game because it's made by a studio that's not necessarily just. But does that make a AAA it, game? But what is that? But right, that's where it gets interesting, right? Is like it, just because you're AAA, you're not independent, like. Yeah. Like technically speaking, the game that should be nominated here is Baldur's Gate 3. That's an indie studio. But 200 people worked on it for six years. And, and self published. It's self published by Larian. Exactly. That's the only way that you're actually independent, then, right? Because it's like outside of the traditional publisher system. What defines a, what defines a traditional publisher, then? So I, I think is, when is I consider the... not traditional just because they publish they little movies. games? No, they're definitely a publisher. <laughs> what does yeah. that mean? I, I think the way I looked at it was how they do indie movies. So some studios gone away, made it themselves, and then they've 
they've shopped it around and gone, this is what we're making. Do you want to buy the distribution rights of the movie? Or in this case, do you want to publish our game? And I kind of feel like that's what the indie model is. Like we've started at home, we're making it and here's what it is. And we've put it out to the world. Dave the Diver does not fit that. Then why is uh, Baldur's Gate on this list then, right? And Baldur's Gate should be there, but does it get excluded because it's got a lot of funding from um, Wizards of the Coast? And it's basically a Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, but that's outside of the traditional publisher system. Yeah, it is. Wizards of the Coast is not a traditional publisher. It's an angel investor. You know, it's like, like, where where do you draw that line? And I think the answer is that we draw it in a different place every year. And we decide who gets in this category based on vibe a lot more than anything else that's measurable. Yeah, maybe we need to have like best cozy game or like... um, You got to blow it out. Yeah, you got to blow it out. It's got to be something. Or again, I think you change it and don't have it be best independent game. You make it make best it best indie. indie. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think indie should be like a, a genre, and it's kind of surpassed that because you can have indie bands and indie artists signed on mainstream labels. They may have started right. out independent, but they quickly grew and like, gained, gained popularity, and they became a mainstream artist. Like Death Cab for Cutie, right? It's like an indie band, but it's like they're also one of the biggest rock bands of like the last 30 years or whatever right they're selling out stadiums for their reunion tour you know or not their reunion tour but um the anniversary tour that they just went on and it was uh postal service reunion so it's like you know what is that you know it's all nebulous right what we mean when we say indie is it's got it was made by a small team and it's got like kind of a weird art style, right? Like that's what you mean. And it's like, that's not what independent is. Larian is genuinely an independent studio. And here they are not getting the nod because vibes, you know? Yeah, I know. It's, it's a tough one. It's totally fine. It's just, I think it's funny because it's, we're clearly at that same nexus point that we hit with film and, and all this other shit, right? Where it's like, what does indie even fucking mean anymore? You know, when everything is, you know, almost everything anyway has somebody behind it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has to really. Someone's going to pay pay the bills. Um, Where, where are you putting your. I'm going to guess Cocoon because Cocoon. of the recency bias and the critical acclaim. I think that's a double whammy of like it outscored all these games and it came out more recently than all these games. And it was on Game Pass. So I think it probably has a high likelihood well, plus of more who's behind playing. it. Yeah, and who's behind it, right? Someone that left the the developers behind Inside and um, Limbo went out on their own, did something. And it's fresh. an Annapurna joint. Like there are people that follow Annapurna the way that people will like go see like an A twenty one movie or whatever, where they're like, oh yeah, Annapurna, or, or, or okay, Blumhouse. You know, I fall yeah. into that trap. Don't get don't go down that rabbit hole. You'll end up watching some terrible movies. Look, you know they can't all be winners. <laughs> 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 all right. So we're both going for Cocoon on that one. Yeah, I'm going for Cocoon right, on that best one. Best debut indie is next. I'm, I'm going for Cocoon again. It's so. Cocoon, Dredge, Pizza Tower, Venba, and Viewfinder. I wanted to play Pizza Tower all year, and I just have not given myself the time. Same, this is yeah. an homage to Warrior Land, and I really need to play it. I, I just have never found the time. I'm going to give this one to Cocoon, too, just, I think, because I don't think it'll win both of these categories, but it'll definitely win one of them. So I'm going to just... I kind of feel like if you you should win both of them if you're going... Like, if if you're going to win Debut Indie, maybe you don't win Best Indie, but if you win Best Indie, you kind of should win Best Debut Indie, too. 
Like it's the best right? debut and it's the best game. So yeah, that's the trouble with this as a category. Yeah. Okay, next is best mobile game. We're we're voting on this one, huh? Oof. I don't know. Okay, we got Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, Hello Kitty, Island Adventure, Honkai, Star Rail, Monster Hunter Now, and Terranil. Oh, come on. Let's give it to Niantic. They've made the same game a million times, so we'll do Monster Hunter Now. They've, they've taken Pokemon, and they've Pokemon Go, and they put a Monster Hunter skin on it. I feel like people like Honkai Star Rail. Like, I feel like I've heard that name a lot. I don't know that they do. I feel like people checked it out because Genshin Impact came out. Like, it came out from the Genshin Impact developers. But I think people like Genshin Impact. And I think they just checked out Honky Star Rail. <laughs> Honky Star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Hmm. Was I mean... Final Fantasy VII ever Crisis well received? I don't think it was. Terra Neil, I really got enjoyed. Got but... Metacritic? That's pretty good. Okay. I don't know. I was I always struggle as well with these games. Anybody that, play yeah, Monster Hunter though? Like, I haven't heard a single person talk about that game since like the day it came out. You know, like I feel like I remember some like I think Waka Hula was, was playing it, yeah. And was like, yeah. yeah, this game came out. And then it's like, I don't think I've heard about it since then. Did people like Terra Nil? You said you liked that. I don't know. I did like it, and you know, I only played it because Jeff showed it off at G3. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I struggle with this category because I don't play mobile games. I struggle with Honkai, Honkai Star Rail winning as well because, yes, you can play it on mobile, but really it's like a, a PC game that they just ported to mobile. That's like saying Fortnite's a mobile game. Is that true for Terra Neil, though, too? Like, that's on PC. I don't know. It might be. It's a Netflix it game, so maybe. And or even though it's got, it's got a better Hades. review on iOS, but it is on PC. Oh yeah, then yeah, sod Terra Nil. Then I'd play that on PC. Hmm. I'll go with Monster Hunter. See, I don't know. Give, the me, other honk, two games. give me Honky Tonk Stars or whatever yeah, you the can, hell. You can have that. Yeah, I'll take Honky Rails. Honk if you like Star Rails. Yeah, Honky Tonk Woman Rails. <laughs> I don't know. ARVR is next. We got <laughs> Gran Turismo Seven, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Humanity, Resident Evil Village VR mode, and Synapse. This is the category where everyone that bought a PSVR 2 remembers that Sony forgot about it and didn't put any other games out since Wild the X, launch. There's two PSVR 2 games on this, though, huh? <laughs> Three. Humanity's a PSVR 2 game as well. Oh, for real? Uh, okay. And, and yeah, Synapse, I think you can get on PSVR, but it, it I think it's also on Quest. Right, so we, can, we can bin those off, right? So it's not. What's Synapse? Is that big? Was that a big game? Yeah, I think it was. I I think Synapse was really well received. Yeah. We're not. It's we're not big. You know, we're not big VR boys. Not. It's a PS another PS5 game. So are that, all yeah, these so PS these are like all, all of PS these are VR2 PS5 games. games. They are, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, this was that the shooter with the crazy colors. Yeah, it looked cool, right? Yeah, the, it did the, look cool. Like telekinesis and stuff. I don't know. I've I don't I've not heard anyone mention these games. I feel As, like other it's than GG humanity. 7. I don't. I think if you're gonna pick one, you pick something that can only be in VR. I don't know what but if the best game is I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess GT seven. That's my guess. Okay. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh humanity even though there is a a flat version i think it probably plays best in vr okay okay 
There we go. <laughs> Irrespective of platform, even though they're all only on PSVR. Yeah, right. It's how it fell this year, I guess, right? Uh, all right, we're going to go uh, next up is best action game. Uh, so best game focused on combat. Uh, Armored Core 7, Fires of Rubicon, Dead Island 2. <laughs> I forgot Dead Island 2 came out this year. Me too, and Ghost Runner 2. Didn't I, I forgot that game totally came out too. Came out. Yeah, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, and Remnant 2, another game I forgot came out. Um, my guess is it's either Armored Core or Hi-Fi Rush, right? Mm-hmm. That would be my guess, yeah. I'm surprised we've waited this long to see Armored, Armored Core, to be honest. I feel like that game did not hit the le- the way I thought it was going to, especially because it seems like it was generally pretty well received. But I think it was another one that just was a victim of it being an overstuffed year. And like there was not as much incentive for you to take a risk on something that you might not have tried, right? Traditionally, right? Because I mean, like looking at it, it's got a, you know, overwhelmingly positive on Steam. Yeah. Got an 88 on PC on Metacritic. That's pretty, pretty well received. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's not that's the problem. It's, it's pretty good, but it's not good. Yeah. By this year's standard, to that, fucking, yeah, yeah, it's just not enough. You got you got to score at least a ninety to get into the to the the game of the year category, as we found, which is pretty sick. You know, great year, yeah. great year for for releases, at least, right? Um, I'm gonna say Armored Core. It's it's like the only fucking category it was nominated in. People love from software. This game was reviewed well. I think the people that liked it, I think, will show up. Okay, I'm going with uh, Hi-Fi Rush. I think that's I think. probably the better answer in retrospect. It's a phenomenal game. But I've already said it, so <laughs> you take your point on that one. Okay, wow, next up we got... Adventure has a wide range of genre. Yeah, yeah. Next up we got Action Adventure. We got some good games on here. Uh, Alan Wake 2, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom are games in this category. I think... I, I kind of am leaning between two on this one. I think mm-hmm. I could see Zelda cleaning up in this one because I think it's actually the best one in the category. And I also think I could see Spider-Man cleaning up in this one because of the same reason I said earlier, which is that it's not going to get awards in other categories, but a lot of people really liked it and are going to want to give it award an award somewhere. And I could see this being the one that it picks up. I think it's Tears of the Kingdom. You look at the definition for the category, which is the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. That basically is Tears of the Kingdom. It's a giant puzzle that you're solving at all times and how to traverse the land. Um, So I think for me, I give it to Tears of the Kingdom. I'd be surprised if it doesn't get it. I think the only way it doesn't is if voters have that in their mind, where they're like, we want to give Spider-Man something. Because on traversal, you're not beating Spider-Man. That is the best traversal in like any video game. You know what video How's game? The puzzle in the combat. Does that match up with everything else? Puzzles, I would definitely say no. I think combat, your mileage may vary. There are some people who are like it's button mashy, and they mean that as an insult. And there's some people who are like it's button mashy, and they mean that as a as a positive, right? <laughs> so like, I think you yeah. could argue the same thing about Tears of the Kingdom. I think there's a lot of people that are like the Zelda combat is not inspired oh totally i think the star wars combat's phenomenal though like right it but really it really is where it, where it kind of where it lands puzzles and traversal it does though right like it's like yeah, the whole game is absolutely. a puzzle and the building was such a major traversal 
You build more. Or even just like how, the number of times I forgot that I could go through the ceiling, and then mm-hmm. when I figured it out, I felt like a genius for solving yeah. that puzzle. I was like, oh my god, yes. Mm. But, Give me you know, the kingdom. I, okay, and then I was gonna say I don't know what Alan Wake does because neither of us have played it. I might really change the game. You yeah, know, I don't think so. I don't think this is the one it wins. Personally, I've not heard people talk about the combat as the thing. Right? It's like the atmosphere, the 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 art direction, the story, the the scares, the animate. Like it's all. It's not the gameplay and that shit, which I think is. Mm-hmm what you're looking at here that's another one i feel like i might regret but we'll see (laughs) next up is best rpg we got Baldur's gate 3 we got final fantasy 16 we got liza p we got sea of stars we got starfield in the only category it was nominated in uh i'm gonna guess Baldur's gate 3 yeah me too i really want starfield to win something me too. Um, but it, it's not getting it. There's no no chance. Not while Baldur's Gate 3 is sniffing around. I think people who didn't even play Baldur's Gate 3 or like didn't even like finish it are going to give it best RPG just because of what it like, is. I, I haven't finished it. You haven't finished it. But we can look at that game and go, this is a better roleplay experience than Starfield It is. just is, right? Like, it's like, yeah, of course, right? Like, it's it's just like the deepest, craziest RPG that's come out in who knows how long. Uh, next up is best fighting game. Mm-hmm. We got God of Rock. Didn't know that was a game. Mortal Kombat One, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl Two, Pocket Bravery, and Street Fighter Six. I think it's between Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter Six, right? Oh, I thought you were gonna say it's between Mortal Kombat and Nickelodeon All Star Brawl Two. <laughs> so you said uh, Street Fighter had a ninety-two, right? Yes, yeah, Street Fighter Six is in some of the top. I think it's the top five games of the year. If you discount the the remakes, which includes the Resident Evil Four remake. So I mean, Mortal Kombat quite a bit below that. Uh, it did come out more recently, and I think Mortal Kombat generally has like you know um, broader appeal because of its single player like story that it you know brings in people like me that are not like looking to get sweaty with a fighting game and just kind of want to like tool around and, and have is a little fun. Is there no story in Street Fighter 6? I thought that was a big thing with Street Fighter 6 that they were There's the big story, story mode, but there's not a narrative, right? Whereas like in Mortal Kombat, there's a story in every game, right? You're playing through yeah. a Saturday morning cartoon, ostensibly, right? And it's like, you know, I, I don't know that. I don't know. It, 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 that is a, a unique differentiator um for that series and i think it is something that makes it appeal to you know like i don't play street fighter but i play mortal Kombat, right and it's like does that i don't know right do you factor that in and are there a bunch of people that vote for mortal Kombat that maybe don't vote for fighting games historically but they like mortal Kombat, so they vote for that or is this one of those more niche categories where people sit out and then Street Fighter wins because the people that know what they're talking about and fuck with fighting games are like, Street Fighter's the game this year. I don't know. What do you think? I think I'm going to Street Fighter. I think it got snubbed for Game of the Year. Looking at the ratings, it, it arguably, if you're looking at it from a completely clinical scientific perspective, it should have been there. Um, but I think it gets this category it was seemingly more well-received than Mortal Kombat was. Uh, I don't know enough about fighting games to to ignore 
experts in it, so I'm going to look at what they've rated it and go with Street Fighter 6 because of that. God, this is another really tough one. I'm not sure. Watch us both be wrong, and it really is God of Rock that is the best fighting game. Be so funny. 2023. I'm going to go with my gut on this one and say Mortal Kombat 1. Okay, Mortal Kombat 1. Next up, we got Best Family Game. We got Disney Illusion Island, Party Animals, Pikmin 4, Sonic Superstars, and Super Mario Brothers Wonder. I'm going to give it to Super Mario Brothers Wonder because mm. it's the best game in this category, and I think that that will probably be where it gets its flowers uh, when it gets snubbed in the other categories. I, I really think it's getting our direction. I really do. Like, it's just phenomenal. That would be cool. Uh, best sim slash strategy game. We have Advance Wars 1 and 2, Reboot Camp, City Skylines 2, Company of Heroes 3, Fire Emblem Engage, and Pikmin 4. I'm going to give it to Pikmin 4. Um, I think that Pikmin 4 was really well received. There are a lot of uh, very intellectual people that love that game and had a great time with it and are going to be upset that it didn't make it in the other categories, so they're going to give it its flowers here. I am going with City Skylines 2. We've been waiting for it for a very long time. It's finally here. Seemingly a, a, a great sequel, and it's a base for them to build upon for the next decade like they did with the previous game, so I'm right. excited about that. Next up, we got oh wait, whoops. Best uh next up we got best sports slash racing game. We've got EA Sports Football Club 24. That's gonna take us a while to get to get used to. Uh FIFA 24. <laughs> it's not FIFA. We're not EA Sports FC 24. <laughs> F1 23. Forward some order sport. What was I just turned into Coach Z from Homestar Runner there for a second? Forza Motorsports, <laughs> Hot Wheels Unleashed, Two Turbocharged, and the Crew Motorfest. I'm gonna guess Forza Motorsport. Yeah, me too. Yeah, hundred percent. Everybody loves Forza. And didn't the like the the CEO of Turn Ten just become head of Xbox Game Studios as well? Yeah, I think so. Right. Big week for them. Mm. Uh, next up, we got Best Multiplayer. We got Baldur's Gate 3, Diablo 4, Party Animals, Street Fighter 6, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. I'm gonna... It's Baldur's Gate, right? Yeah, I'm going to guess Baldur's Gate 3 because Diablo 4, I think, could have won this, but then there was all that drama with Season 1. Is that left a sour taste in people's <laughs> mouths? I don't think the multiplayer is good enough. I don't like the way the leveling works in that game. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we come to the game of the year because it's a really strange way that they do it. Uh, and if a Nintendo game wins best multiplayer, it's only because of the, the couch co-op and not for any other reason. Right. Would be cool to see Party Animals win, though. It would. Uh, I just don't think it does anything that's new, special. Next up, we got Best Adaptation. We got Castlevania Nocturne, which I keep forgetting to watch that. Got to check that out. Um, Gran Turismo, The Last of Us, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and Twisted Metal. I mean, it's The Last of Us, right? Poor Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Just not even getting a look at it. Not even here. nominated. Yeah, that's, that's rough. A little yeah, rough. Twisted Metal made it up here. Peacock Twisted Metal! Like, you and Max didn't even know came out. <laughs> Okay, because it's, it's not available in the UK. I looked it up. It's on Peacock. We no, don't get that up. here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for our last category, we have most anticipated game. Of course, the sequel to Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, right. That's the next one. 
Uh, so what we got is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Hades II, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, Star Wars Outlaws, and Tekken 8. It's Final Fantasy VII. It's Final I, Fantasy I VII Rebirth, For me, it's right? Star Wars. Yeah, I think Star Wars is my answer, and I think for a lot of people, that's probably... But again, I am really excited for Rebirth, so... Everyone's really excited for Rebirth, you know? Those Personal. those running giant running chicken things that everyone's on the back of. Yeah. Everyone was really excited about that. We're very excited about our, our, our chocobos. Yeah. All right. So we got a good list here. Enough difference that we shouldn't tie up. Yeah. Well, and I'll put it in the... I'll put it in the Discord if anyone wants to to have a look at the the picture, and you can kind of compare it with what you think is going to be the the winners. But man, there's a couple, most categories we're different. There's a few we line up in, like you said, but it's going to be a, an interesting one. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, how this one turns out. I think uh, it's you know, for for better and worse. The Game Awards is definitely something that you and I look forward to every year, right? As as much as there's a, a lot of stuff that we don't love about it, I think we have some fun with it every year. So uh, I'm excited to uh, to tune in and see which one of us ends up on top for our predictions this year. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, we're not streaming it. We're just not doing that again. No, you got to go to sleep. Long. We'll talk about it the next day. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what, guys? Uh, this one went a little long, so I am going to do our housekeeping right now. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Flipscreen Games Podcast. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of November. They are, of course, Arnold J. Rimmer, Christopher Valenz, Earth Visitor, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Soby, Pilkey, Snacky Go, Ty the Dude, and Waka Hula. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash Games. And for your endless patience for me reading your names at the end of the episode. If you want to go and show your support just like they did, head over to flipscreen.games. That's our website where you will find links to our Patreon, our Discord, all the places that you can get involved right into the show or keep the conversation rolling between episodes. You can find links to all that and much more. Flipscreen.games. That's the website again. Go over there, click on some stuff. However you choose to get involved or show your support. We thank you for tuning in to another episode of Flipscreen Games Podcast. For the crew, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. We'll see you next week.